0: Welcome to Mistaken Identity, I'm Matt Denick. Today, I'll interview Andrew Shikiar, Executive Director and Chief Marketing Officer at the Fido Alliance. Andrew and I will discuss why the future is past keys and not past words. They'll also share some insight for higher user engagement and better user education. Let's get into it. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Denick, and I'm very excited today to be joined by Andrew Shikiar, from the Fido Alliance. Andrew, say hello. Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for having me today. It's great to be here. Yeah, like I mentioned, really excited to have, you know, somebody in your position, obviously being an executive director and chief marketing officer at the Fido Alliance, really interesting perspective, but why not uh, for the folks, give us a little bit of your background, your role at the Fido Alliance and what the Fido Alliance actually does.
1: Yeah, so let's start with Fido Alliance. So the Fido Alliance is an industry body. uh, We've been around for over 10 years now. I uh, have over 300 members worldwide. We're focused on creating open standards and driving adoption of simpler, stronger easier authentication, you know, most namely passkeys instead of passwords. Um, the fact of the matter is, you know, passwords remain a, a threat to the integrity of the network economy itself. Uh, we need to move beyond those, and that's what Fido is doing in conjunction with all of our partners in the broader ecosystem. Uh, my role at Fido Alliance, I serve as executive, co-executive director and chief marketing officer um, in this capacity, I'm in charge of coming up with a strategy, engagement, and tactics to you know, drive Fido's uh, brand presence, marketing presence, and all of our adoption activities in the marketplace, both marketing, products, service adoption, and things like that. That's great. I'm really excited to
0: dive a little deeper, specifically on Paskies. I know it's an area that's near due to my heart, and we've talked about it in the past together as well. But uh, you mentioned, obviously, working with uh, organizations, over 300 uh, you know, customers and organizations around the world as well. Are there specific personas you're finding that the Fido Alliance is having success in sort of educating or creating awareness with? And um, how have you actually had success in doing that?
1: Yeah, so FIDO's audience, we market to business decision makers. right? So technology strategists, identity architects, um, people who are either seeking to implement products to support FIDO standards or people who are seeking to deploy FIDO authentication. And so that's the audience we talk to. I'd say that the general person is a product lead uh, or someone in the CISO's office who's seeking to strengthen their organization's authentication. Um, And the programs and, and the properties we put into place are all targeted at them. We make sure that we you know, develop this content, deliver this content, make it you know, very accessible and discoverable so that anyone seeking to learn about when and how to deploy FIDO authentication has the resources they need. And I've heard from multiple companies, I so oftentimes we'll, we'll read about someone who deployed deployed passkeys, and so I'll reach out to them to learn more about how they started their journey. And it's incredibly rewarding to hear something like, hey, I attended Authenticate, and I saw a case study presentation in 2021 and that got me excited and I brought it back into my management and talked about why we should go past your list. We started a pilot and now we've rolled it into production. You know, so I've heard that in more than one occasion, which is, you know, really validating, um, you know, both the vision of Fido Alliance itself, but also some of the techniques we've taken to help seed the market and drive adoption of this important technology.
0: I love that, and I know i've I've seen a few of your presentations around authenticate and Identiverse, et cetera, and a lot of times what I feel you're really successful in doing is educating I think the, these folks in the market generally on the trends that we're seeing, you know passwordless trends and really what's driving those. Could you talk a little bit about that why you know why passwords suck right <laughs> how they degrade how they how do they degrade the user experience and really what are some of the broad things that you're seeing in the market?
1: Yeah, I mean, passwords do suck, you know. Um, But that being said, they have some, you know, redeeming characteristics. But let's talk about the unredeeming characteristics first. Very poor security, very poor usability. And they're a drag on both the top and the bottom line. They cause data breaches, which costs money. Um, They have a, a lower sign and success rate, which means people are not accessing services. They lead to shopping cart abandonment rates of over 50%. We did a survey recently. Half the people we surveyed had abandoned a purchase within the past six months, because they forgot their password, right? So that's a drag on, on, on the bottom line and also the top line because you're missing opportunity to engage more customers. Um, now, that being said, you know they do have a couple advantages. One is ubiquity, right? You can enter a password anywhere. Now it might be a horrible experience to enter a password on say a smart TV or any keyboardless device and then trying to recover that password too is a horrible experience. But if you know that password and you have it, you can enter it just about anywhere. They have the advantage of incumbents in the sense that they've been around for 60 years, right? In 40 years, the internet. So just about anyone who's been on the internet has a password, knows what that is. It's a known commodity. So when we, you know, look at FIDO authentication and we look at our our very audacious goal of replacing passwords with passkeys, we need to consider those advantages that they have and make sure that we're delivering the same thing with FIDO and with passkeys. The broader trends around passwordless, you know, passwordless is the trend. Um, and it's happening quite rapidly. And I think that you know, past keys are the inevitable conclusion of this you know, very rapid movement away from passwords to what's next.
0: So, how have you seen sort of the trend of adoption of passwordless technologies evolve over the past few years?
1: Yeah, and that's a great question. And I think that, again, there is this undeniable trend. And you see signals all around us. And I see it, I think we all see it in our daily lives and as consumers. Like, we're all consumers, we're on the web, we all have. Ninety something or two hundred something accounts where you have to sign into it, and more and more you're seeing what we'll call a converged sign-in page, right? So the the old username and password dialog box, the upper right hand corner of a website, is rapidly going away, and more and more you're seeing well, you're given a choice: enter your email address, or you can go to the password screen, and the email address flow, the converged sign-in flow, will probably send you a magic link, right? Or you can choose to have a password, or you can choose to use social sign-in, so. These are techniques that service providers are taking to start taking people away from passwords because they understand the costs and risks associated with them. So that's one very good sign of, you know, uh, product managers are evolving their authentication strategies in a passwordless direction. But of course, passkeys now are a you know, I would say the most elegant, seamless solution, the best way to actually get people in a, a truly passwordless form of authentication. That's not dependent on any sort of knowledge-based credentialing or any fishable methodology. So more and more, we're seeing a very rapid adoption of pass keys because they're so integrated into the devices and the operating systems that we use on a daily basis.
0: We've mentioned pass keys a, a couple of times now. Maybe, let's just get into it. Like, I mean, what is a pass key? What are the benefits that they bring? And why would someone, why would a consumer or even an employee eventually opt
1: for a pass key over something like a social login, for example? Yeah, so any passwordless FIDO credential is a passkey. Um, and so we should back up a little bit to talk about how FIDO works. Right? So any FIDO credential is a passkey. How FIDO has worked since our inception over 10 years ago is replacing the old way of authenticating, which is knowledge-based credentialing, say a password on a server and a secret in your head, with something called asymmetric public key cryptography, um, which is a mouthful and an earful, and, and no one should have to say, let alone know what it means to use. Right, and we'll talk about usability too, I think, in a little bit. Um, but public key cryptography works um, as opposed to passwords, where, again, you have a secret on the server and a secret in your head. You have a unique key pair, a virtual key pair, if you will. A public key sits on the server, and the private key sits safely on the device. Unlike a password, the public key has no material value. Right, So you can steal all my public keys, and you can't reuse them. If I steal your password, Matt, I could probably log into one or two of your accounts. Well, maybe not you, but anybody who doesn't practice perfect password hygiene tends to reuse passwords. And so you can do credential stuffing, things like that to take over accounts. So uh, public key cryptography avoids that by you know having these unique key pairs. Now the private key is more valuable piece that stays safely on one's device and the user needs to verify themselves to that device to sign in. And the verification is a local verification. It's a biometric. It could be touching a security key. It could be a device unlock. It's basically the same thing that we all do dozens of times each day to unlock our device. Right, that's some verification, and, and that's once you do that, then you can sign into the account using the FIDO authentication process. Um, so that's how FIDO works. Now, when we announced pass keys around a year and a half ago with Microsoft, Google, and Apple, what we were announcing was a change in the way that that private key can be found on the user's device. So historically, that private key was bound to each device. So if I enrolled for FIDO authentication, so you know, pass for the sign-in, on uh, say, you know, ecommerce site.com with on my iPhone, when I go to ecommerce site.com on my iPad, I had to enroll that device too. And my PC and my Kindle, like whatever device I'm using, I had to enroll each one with passkeys, It's a new way of implementing the FIDO protocols that allows that private key to be securely synchronized across an operating system or credential provider cloud. Such so that now if I enrolled on my iPhone, when I show up my iPad, I'm automatically have a pass key there. And so that was a sea change in the way that we allowed FIDO to be implemented in the sense that the FIDO credential is readily available on all of the users' devices right away. So that's a very dramatic change in the way that you know, we are providing passwordless solutions for companies to implement for consumers or for the workforce. Now, you can still choose to have what we call the device-bound passkey, most typically found in a security key. Where that passkey does not move, and that's very important for higher assurance or higher security use cases. But for consumers at large, the consumer sites that are adopting passkeys and mess like Amazon and TikTok and Google and, and Roblox companies, companies like that, they appreciate the syncability. So that's you know a little bit how passkeys work. So it's basically um, again, so it's a cryptographic key pair. Uh, the user experience is simple. I'm just unlocking my device or touching my device, and then I'm signing it, and just like that, I have access to that site and that service on any of my devices automatically. I mean, when we start to talk about like private key cryptology
0: and and, and you know, things like this, obviously you mentioned it's a mouthful for and even the end user. What do you think are some things or considerations that, that we should be putting out there or how should we educate end users to get them more comfortable with passkeys?
1: Yeah, first and foremost, like the end users should never... Have to think about public key cryptography. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, they, I mean, if they hear that from anyone, like we, we fail. We fail. Horribly, exactly. <laughs> right? They should know about pass keys. And you know, so something FIDO is lacking. One of the cool things about kind of embracing this term and, and creating kind of an industry-wide icon for pass keys is that we didn't have that before. Mm-hmm. Right. So we had a lot of adoption of FIDO authentication. You know, dozens of like some of the biggest brands on the planet were using FIDO in native apps or with WebAuthn. Right, companies like eBay have been using WebAuthN for passwordless sign-ins for years. These were all great implementations because they were using FIDO, using all the, the goodness that FIDO brings. But there wasn't any commonality to it. So with passkeys now, we have a term. Right, that's why any FIDO credentials called a Passkey. We have a term, we have an icon, and we're working to make sure that the user flows are as consistent and as optimal as possible, such that when someone sees a Passkey, they know what they're getting. Right, that first Passkey experience. Needs to be enjoyable. It needs to be seamless. Needs to be you know as, as smooth as possible, such that the user says, "Oh yeah, that's that was cool. Um, I want that again." And they start looking for it from more service providers, or when someone someone offers it, they know what it is and they they simply opt into it. So I think it's really you know making sure that experience is is seamless, beautiful, simple, um, and authentication becomes an afterthought, which is wh- where it should be, not a I ha- oh gosh, I have to figure out my password thing. Because I, I, I honestly, I have password fear. And I have a password manager. I have two password managers. I have a browser password manager, independent password manager. I love them both, but they tend to fight. And sometimes they're not quite right. Um, and so when I visit a site I haven't been to for a while, I have a little bit of trepidation. I like worry about like, am I going to sign in? Am I gonna have, Am I going to have to go through a recovery process? And I don't think that's uncommon. If I'm having that problem, I think the vast majority of consumers have the same problem. So instead of having that password fear, replace that with just not even thinking about it. Signing in by doing the same gesture that you do again dozens of times each day. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like your point about you know having experience like that, like you said, is not unique to you, not unique to I. It's uh, it's something that I think everyone as an end user as a consumer struggles with, right? Like, and and that's that's a really good point of making that sign in that login experience completely. It's almost like you know the invisible hand that just guides you along, and so you don't even realize it's happening. But when it's not working, that's when, you know, I mean, it it results in extreme frustration for the end user, right? Like personally, I know there's a few applications that I've gone to use and they've done updates overnight. And then I have to enter my password. And like you, I've got a couple different password managers. I have to remember where it's stored, you know, enter it in, do the, and then I don't remember it. So I have to do the password reset. It's just, it's such a, you know, it's, it's an overwhelming experience for, I think, a lot of people. And we're people in the industry. You know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it's like for, uh, you know, the average consumer. But it's not, like you said, it's not something they see. And that's some of the benefits, I think, that Passkeys bring, you know, to every organization, not even just the ones that in product or in software engineering or technology that are building these experiences, but marketers as well, right? This is going to bring huge benefits, I think, to how we create better experiences for those customers and drive some of the, you know, the the conversions, the, you know, the, the card abandonment, reducing those things and doing that in a secure way.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I mean, uh, one last note on this whole password, you know, fear thing, it, you know, that's one reason why people default to easy passwords, right? This this is, this is sums up the problem. Like, I don't want to forget my password, my password's going to be password, or password one exclamation mark. All these things that are so easy to crack or hack into. Um, that's why people default to easy passwords because it is physically impossible, it's mentally impossible to manage passwords at scale. Um, and so that's why we're so focused on providing, you know, this passkey that's very easy you know, user experience. One other note on that, though, something to consider for marketers or anyone implementing this, and something that we're focused on is that you know, people do expect some level of friction, right? So we've, we've become so acclimated to like no one wants to pass a reset. That sucks, you know. But like, it might be we've tested this. It's somewhat disconcerting for some people to see how easy it is to sign in with a key. And so there might be a misconception where like, this actually is not secure because all I did was touch my touch my laptop and I'm, I'm signed in. So there's Education that has to happen on that front, and I think in the short term, you'll see some companies adding a layer of friction just to actually create confidence, if nothing else. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think, especially with keeping things secure,
0: you need to have that friction, right? There need, but but it's a balance, and you need to be able to deliver that balance in such a way that makes sense. Where if it's scaling, you know, the the access that you need, uh, where for example, if I want to log in, I should be able to do that really really easily with little friction but if i'm interacting digitally with a brand or changing you know parameters on my account that's when i need to start introducing elements of friction to be like okay well let's you know double check and make sure andrew is matt is who they say they are and and actually have some elements there to do some of those those verifications there as well so it's not definitely not the absence of friction it's more how you deliver friction in such a way that's it's you're able to balance the the customer experience with the security that you're delivering
1: yeah, absolutely. So I think that we're going back to like the marketer benefit. I think it really, you know, well, one thing's super interesting in my experience of Fido Alliance. I've been with Fido Alliance for around eight years now. Um, the, the conversations, the conversations have shifted about Fido in general from skepticism to curiosity to okay, this is going to happen. You know, I, I've, I've always had conversations with people implementing Fido, and those conversations have shifted from coming from a uh, kind of a security centric point of view to a usability-centric point of view. And a lot of the early adopters were driven by... Early adoption was driven by security teams who like rightly realized that, holy blank, you know, this is a a gaping hole in my armor and like passwords are going to cost me tons of money. Um, So now people who are going to implement this at scale, and all of a sudden, I went from having conversations with engineers to product leads and design leads. And they'd ask questions like, wait, what's my customer's experience going to be like? How are they going to react to this? Um, and so I think that really, and that, that, shift started happening around three years ago, right around when we started focusing on, on user experience as a kind of working function within Fido Alliance. Um, and in general, I think it shows maturity that's happened in the market around Fido, right? And past use has just taken that advanced level. Um, as far as, you know, really driving adoption, like it's hockey stick adoption is fantastic to see, but the usability imperative grows with that increased adoption.
0: So what would you say some of the marketing-related outcomes, those benefits that Passkey can support across the business would be?
1: Yeah, so we talked about shopping cart abandonment already, and that's a huge one. Um, You know, when when, again, half of people are handling purchases for the past six months, that's meaningful money. On that note, actually, one of our e-commerce providers spoke recently and relayed that they had a signing success rate um, of around, I think, around 80%, which is actually quite high. Um, What they found is that the 20% of people who had to do a password reset, they lost most of those. And even those who were successful in resetting their password spent less money. So even those who went through the password getting their password, they actually did not do the impulse buy on top of that. So even though they saved the initial purchase, there was opportunity cost associated with that. But aside from that, I think two key metrics are um, time to sign in and sign in success rate. Especially when compared to Legacy 2FA. So passwords plus something like SMS OTP and SMS OTP is, you know, is, is has its own flaws, but it's certainly better than a password alone. Uh, but when compared to that, and we've seen companies find, um, you know, upwards of a 25% improvement of sign in success rate and over 75% time in a reduction to sign in. Right, those are massive changes. Um, Google reported they saw a, a four times improvement in sign in success rate versus passwords at half the sign in time. All right, so this is if you have any sort of if you want people to be consuming your content, viewing your content, taking action with your content, you want to you want to make sure that they can access it and access it quickly. And if they can't, you know, there's zero switching costs. And one of the, 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 the best things and challenges of the internet is that brand loyalty is, is important, but if, you know, it's not that hard to switch. I can open a new tab and go to your competing site just like that. So if I'm frustrated with your site, I might just do that. Right? and So a marketer, you don't want to take that risk that someone's going to go ahead and, and you know, dabble with competitor's site. This is why authentication is not just a security imperative. In fact, it's more and more a business imperative. All right? So when we talk about bottom line and top line, it really hits both areas because authentication should be a competitive advantage.
0: I love that point. I mean, there's, there's a lot of data around this as well, that the customer experience is the new competitive battleground and a lot of companies are starting to compete there too. One of the things I think you hit on is when you're able to make that, that sign-in experience fast and also decrease sign-up failures or sign-in failures, that actually becomes part of your brand reputation as well, right? If I'm perceived as being hard to do business with, then the cost to switch is really, really low. And especially in a digital age, I can go anywhere else I need for a better experience. And I'm gonna do that really quickly. So you're right, it does become part of your competitive advantage. It's
1: something you need to think about, right? From a conversion perspective. I think consumers will associate like a good authentication experience with a brand that's modern, that's cutting edge, that cares about them. Um, These are all attributes that I think I would want to have someone think about me. Not old fashioned, stodgy, stuck in the past, difficult to work with. Um, these These are all positive attributes associated with a brand that is a competitive advantage. One other bottom line thing I want to talk about, which is really important, um, you know, I talked about you know, comparing past keys to legacy two FA. SMS OTP is not free, <laughs> right? So, so if you are a company, set, you know, with tens of millions of customers, and you're using SMS OTP, you're spending a fortune. And and Elon said the quiet part out loud when he you know abandoned. I'm not going to start talking about Twitter or X, but. When he took away SMS OTP as a default option for two FA for Twitter users, uh, he pointed out that hey, I'm spending a ton of money in SMS costs that are hard to really gauge. And so the answer to that, instead of not doing what he did, which is take away two FA altogether, the answer is move to because you, you have all that functionality built into the device that the user is using anyways, especially mobile first audience like that. All right. So you eliminate all that cost and it's a better user experience. Like. There's really you no know, zero you know, downside of making that switch from a CX standpoint and from a bottom line standpoint. That's such an important point as well. And one that I wanted to make sure that we, we touched
0: on is the operational costs that are associated with this. It's like, yes, you are able to benefit from the security, the, you know, the, the obviously enhanced security that you're going to get from pass keys and the ability to you know, enhance conversions and make it really seamless for somebody to sign in. But what that also does is on the operational side, I read something from Twilio in the past couple of months where they saw that 70% of all SMSs that are sent are password resets. They're one-time passwords. It just shows you the volume of text text messages that are out there that costs businesses money. And additionally, your password reset, if you think about that, most customer service companies, organizations anyway, have 40% of their costs are associated with just handling password resets, right? So if you're able to implement passkeys, not only do you reduce your dependency on 2FA or multi- MFA in general and have fewer of those one-time password passwords going around you know the internet and around the world but also you're making it easier to you don't even have to reset a password anymore right so you're completely getting rid of of 40 uh, percent of those sunk costs that are uh, operational costs that are out there just because of how people are handling the password reset
1: hundred you know so so password resets for for consumer focused company. Um, are a hassle, they're an expense, and they're also an opportunity cost. Because again, I might not reset my password, I'll go to another site and just sign in and buy something else. Um, for an enterprise in the workforce, password resets are very expensive. It's dragging down your IT team, and it means your employees are not productive. All right? So, on the work, and we're on, you know, I don't know how deep we're going to go to the workforce today, but that's a very real cost associated with workforce authentication. Password resets are, are a huge issue. Um, the related side of this is how easy passkeys can be to actually create accounts. All right. So when we create our UX guidelines, one thing we talked about was enable pass keys account creation. All right, so whereas in the past, you'd go to a site, you'd get an email, you'd get an SMS OTP, and then you'd have to verify that to create your account. That's another link. That's another, that's another window. It might be another device. That's a click I have to do. So then I have to set a path like, why that friction? Why so much friction? Create a passkey you know, and you can be done with it. So you can create that account right away or, and then you can get more information from them afterwards. Um, so the barrier to actually getting new customers goes down with pasties as well.
0: Yeah. I, I posted something recently around the holiday uh, time frame there around Thanksgiving, where, you know, I, I had, I was transacting with a realtor and they made it really difficult to create a new account and the guest option was available. I just signed out as a guest. And I think about Think about how many people are doing that, just because, like you said, the sign up process uh, in an e commerce—it doesn't matter the transaction—is just it can be so arduous that I didn't even want to go through that. I was like, I, I'm not going to spend any time there. I want to get through this transaction. Created a guest account, and then as you know, a, as a user, as a customer. I'm completely blind to that organization. They have no idea who I am. For folks that are either in a maybe marketing or a digital role and those teams that are listening into this podcast and this episode specifically, what do you think some actions are that they could take to their companies to, to drive some of these better experiences with passkeys? What
1: what should they know? Well, I think, you know, first of all, you should understand the, the benefits of this, right? And and so, the good thing is, you know, Fido Alliance, we're very focused on like I talked about before, you know, creating resources for these people you're talking about. So the product leads, the designers, the identity architects. We have resources on our website. We have case studies on our website. We have oodles of content you can look to and point to as inspiration and justification for moving towards some sort of passwordless pilot to start off with. Uh, so we have data. We have companies probably a lot like your own. The, you you the audience your own um, who have you know moved with Fido and, and seen business benefits so I'd encourage them to check out some of those resources on the fido alliance site on the authenticatecon.com website where we have all of our archived authenticate content and then work from there to start you know engaging you know, some stakeholders inside the company on um, you know scoping some sort of initial Psco um, of course you know other important step to take is to work with a, you know, a trusted Partner, service provider, someone like an Okta, companies who have experience doing this, who have solutions who could help um, you know, bootstrap your startup and help give guidance also, these are all good steps that a you know, product lead can take to you know, be in position to scope some work that will demonstrate value such that it can then grow into something that gets fully implemented. Yeah, and you talked a little around value as well. And for those product
0: leads, do you, are there some metrics? So we talked around conversions, and we talked around like card abandonment. Are there some other metrics that marketers could use to track the success of their password, their passkeys keys implementations that you feel they should know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends on the, on the line of business, right? So everyone's gonna have their own metrics, what so matters most. I mean, ultimately, I, I do think sign-in success rate and time of sign-in are, are gonna be critical for anyone on a, on a universal scale. Um. We have e-commerce providers who, who are drawing lines between uptake of FIDO authentication and decreasing fraud. I mean, that, that's, that's you know, phenomenal, right? So if you can start drawing those connections, that's that's a huge win. Likewise, increase the FIDO authentication, increase revenue. So these are not, it's not data they've shared publicly, uh, but they are drawing those connections. I think ultimately that's what you want to see. All right, so, then, so when I invest here and, and move into FIDO solution, we're going to see the return there with, you know, more revenues basically or or decrease you know fraud costs. So I think those are key things plus the universal metrics of sign in success rate, um sign in, you know, time to sign in. and Then also you, know, you could do some surveying the customers. Is this a delightful experience for you as a user signing into our site now using a pass key versus a password plus SMS? I think these are things that people you know, should do as well if they can invest in their own surveying and UX research to
0: validate the path that they're taking. I love the, the concept too of even experimentation and A B testing as well as a marketer. I think that's something that you could even, you could consider as part of the experiences. You have obviously a, you know, a, a focus group that potentially you have other passwordless options. And then you have a focus group where you have uh, options presented for pass keys. And then that's exactly it is some of the metrics that Andrew mentioned here around, you know, time to sign in and, and generally, you know, failure rates as well. You'll be able to very quickly see what both of those are and even compare against each other so you have a great idea of, uh, of how you can implement that and how you'll track success as well.
1: Yeah, and then if you, if you implement past keys on a converged in site, you can give people different options. right Again you can actually start seeing in real time what, what, people, what people are choosing to do and, and how they're doing what the success, success rates are and then based on those metrics, you know push you know whatever solution seems to be working the best for that segment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, switching gears
0: a little bit to innovation and thinking about, you know, even some future-looking things. Obviously, the past keys, we still have a lot of work to do there, I think, from adoption. Um, and we're seeing some really great traction as well from providers. But how do you think about innovation at the FIDO Alliance? And what do you think uh, What do you think is really important in driving towards that that uh, innovative state?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, FIDO Alliance is a pretty unique organization. We're a standards body at the end of the day, right? So we pull together, <coughs> you know, Volunteer contributors from our hundreds of members, and they, they meet in different working groups to advance the work areas of Fido Alliance, which are in the core work areas. Are getting are user authentication. We're doing work in you know embedded IoT and also in identity verification. But our eyes always on like what's next, right? So our, make no mistake, our our focus is on you know, driving adoption of user authentication and and you know and, and device onboarding and identity. But what else can we be doing, right? And so we foster that innovation by. Um, we have member meetings three times a year. You know, once in Asia, once in North America, once in Europe. In those meetings, we have kind of ad hoc sessions where people can bring new ideas and basically bring them in front of the whole membership who's attending that meeting. And that's how new ideas start getting socialized within Fido Alliance. Like, hey, I think we should be looking at, um, well, several years ago, I think we should be looking at device onboarding and IoT. And someone's like, I think we should be looking at biometric certification. And they're like, okay, well, people are, are all ears. Like, oh, this, this makes sense. So it gives a chance for someone to have a position and present a business case, and then if it lands, then we can start moving on that. Right. So that's how we've actually adopted new work areas is through this initial kind of ad hoc BOF process in our plenary meetings, to then you know forming a you know formal study group, and then deciding whether or not to move forward on it, and then eventually investing and in launching that work area within FIDO Alliance. So as the industry body, that's how we do it. It's somewhat regimented. I mean, it's, it is somewhat structured because it's we are a standards body, so there's going to be some you know standards bodyness to it all. That's how we've managed to you know, foster innovation within FIDO Labs.
0: That's awesome. I think it's important as well because it needs to be done in a standardized way so that the implementation is is known, it's understood. There's reference architectures, reference implementations. Like getting to that passwordless state becomes easier because you have you know uh, these these case studies and these uh, these implementations previously that where folks have done it really well.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in general, we try to be more nimble than your typical standards body, um, and I think we are. One thing that's really I think special about Fido Alliance is that a lot of the, the core contributors into our technical working groups are very close to their product set. All right, so you sit in a lot of standards bodies where you have like professional standards people. They're probably in the R&D team, CTO's office. There's nothing wrong with that. But they tend to be a little bit more removed from real business outcomes. The Fido Alliance, the people I'll say, like from the platforms, for example, from Apple and from Google, and from Microsoft, they're working on their sign-in technologies. All right. And so this with past use this has been so critical. In the sense that you know we've launched this very ambitious and very important and invested in this user experience testing. Um, but the same the, the people on their teams who are in charge of their sign-in pages were taking part in our UX testing group. And there's this really nice interplay between the testing we we're doing, the results we were getting, and what they're actually implementing in real time in their platforms. You know, so there's this real-time feedback loop that allowed us to really iterate and innovate very quickly. You know, both within the alliance, you know, just in refining the way we're doing things, and then rolling it out like immediately to the world at large. And so, is that having the people who are so close to the products inside Phyto Alliance has allowed us to innovate and implement far faster than other standards bodies would. Well. Absolutely. What about as a marketer? Because I think I think
0: about this all the time. Even you know, joining Octa three three years ago. When I first got here, and as a marketer, I looked at identity and I said, I cannot believe that I have never looked at identity as a way to provide more value for my customers, right? To improve that experience, to make it more secure. Um, what are some things that maybe you personally, um, that you wished you knew uh, and that other marketers you know, should, should benefit from? What, what don't they know about identity that they should? A
1: super interesting question. I've been in the identity space since really it's creation, and not to be that guy, but um, I started doing <laughs> identity back in 2001 at Sun Microsystems. And, and part of my job, and there was no concept of uh, identity management back then, really. So part of my job was doing pre-sales stuff and going out and talking to some of our top 100 customers. I'd sit around the table with the uh, C-suite, and I remember these slides. Of course, the slides were like in Star Office, which is horrible, another conversation, not PowerPoint. But the slides <laughs> would say, like, the first one's like, what is identity? and then there's bullets like what does identity mean for your customers what's it mean for employees what's it mean for your business partners and these are very thought provoking conversations to have you know 22 years ago 23 years ago and but the same questions hold true you know what does identity mean for your business what's it mean for your customers and you know do your consumers you know think about their identity as pertains to their interactions with you as a service provider as an e-commerce merchant um, but I think the core things are understanding the attributes of the identities that you want to target. Right, so you have different personas, no matter what business you're in. If you're selling to consumers, you have different types of you know, consumer profiles. You can get that psychographic data, and then you want to make sure that you are delivering them the offers that they want or the the, the content that they want. And those are all things well outside of Fidoscope, but that's basic you know marketing 101 is to deliver people what they want. Now, tying that back into authentication. You know, I think you have, again, different types of people who will want to access services in different way, different ways. You'll have some customers who are you know, more keen to you know, move forward with Password lists than others. But ultimately, you want to get all these people moving in that direction because it protects them and it protects you and it's a net benefit to the community at large.
0: Love it. I think that's a great point to to end on. I would say this has been an amazing discussion. I think one that's super interesting and one that anyone listening in on this podcast, you know, look for those look for those passkey options. If you're building really great experiences for your consumers, for your for your end users, even for your employees, look at passkeys as a way to securely do that and really to enable those uh, those uh, those experiences. A couple really quick things just before we leave here, Andrew. Would love to get uh, your insight into maybe some things, your favorite thing that you're reading or watching right now. I know that you just had a, a big trip to Asia. Anything that you read, of, read on the plane?
1: Uh, actually, I watched on the plane, I have to admit. Uh, so <laughs> I do, that, I do I, that I, I'm well. growing. So I don't watch as much content as I'd like to. I'm so jealous of my friends, like, right? comparing TV shows. So I'm like way, way back. I'm like decades back. But I've been enjoying Righteous Gemstones. So it's like super funny. And reading, I go through different binges where I'll read like Pulp Fiction or Biographies or, you know, finance books, whatever it might be. Right now, in, a, in the midst of reading a few kind of explorer type books. Um, so I just finished one called A Lost City of Z, which is about an explorer by the name of Percy Fawcett, who is seeking existence of like a, a mystical civilization in the Amazon 1920s. Super interesting. And there are always good stories of perseverance and and determination and lots of interesting history as well. Absolutely. Some great lessons in
0: perseverance there as well. Um, one last question. Where can folks find you online?
1: Yeah. So find Fido Alliance um, on all the social networks. So I think on Twitter slash X at Fido Alliance, LinkedIn, um, that's where we we have presence. Myself, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Um, with a name like Andrew schick and there's only one of me. So you can find me pretty easily um, on any, any site or service.
0: Awesome. Well, with that, again, Andrew, great conversation. I want to thank you for joining the Mistaken Identity podcast today. Uh, and thanks again. Matt, thank you so much. It's really awesome to be here. Well, that was Andrew Shikiar, Executive Director and Chief Marketing Officer at the Fido Alliance. We dove into trends in the passwordless world, looked at the benefits of passkeys, and how to remove user security hurdles. Thanks for listening today. That's a wrap on Season 1 of Mistaken Identity. Join me next time as we dive into season two to share strategies from product leaders on how to leverage customer identity to your advantage.